Hello and welcome to episode 57, 57 episodes already of the FitCast and today I am joined by the one and only Zen, the Zen state of mind. How you doing mate? I'm good thanks Fig, it's nice to be here, thanks for having me on. Are we going to call you Zen the whole podcast? Yeah, why not? Let's stay in character. Let's brilliant, brilliant. Well, uh, I can tell from the <laughs> questions that we received, some of which were very legitimate, and <laughs> I can tell that we're going to probably be able to give some insight into, but some that will probably force me to flick that explicit switch on for the podcast, uh, which isn't great, but it might might give us some laughs. Yeah, well, let's see if we can, we can probably uh, navigate our way through it. <laughs> Well, the first question came from Jean Guerrien, uh, a renowned German crazy man on the uh, Football Index Twitter. <laughs> Very upfront, he said, why are you such a pussy? I think, go on, take it away. I'll take that question. So, yeah, thanks, Jean. Do you, know what, uh, do you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, Fig, it must be lovely to be you. <laughs> why is because, that? Because, you know, on Twitter... On FI Twitter, you see all the time, oh, you know, check out Fig, he's the guy, his content's amazing, <laughs> you know, and there's little old me, um, <laughs> and I'm a nice guy, you know, <laughs> and I don't, you know, I don't pump and dump, uh, I'm never horrible to other traders, <laughs> you know, and what do I get? This is what I get, not not necessarily on a daily basis, but I will admit that my, my Twitter feed gets stuff like this quite a bit, so I'm not uh, upset with Jesus' question. I probably can't answer it, but, you know, let's just say that this is just one of many questions that this podcast will hopefully answer. <laughs> Very well put. I mean, I, I I do get some abuse or quite rarer than uh, the praise I receive, which I'm grateful for. But uh, yeah, it was kind of 50-50 here, wasn't it, in terms of questions? You either got ones like jeans that were, were kind of in jest, uh, but obviously were to do with the, the tweet that you put out about uh, taking your money out of the index. And then we got a lot of questions that are actually quite legitimate and, and quite quite interesting to be fair second one martin uh at cookstar would you reinvest if players could win meditation buzz meditation buzz yeah well we're not yeah mb we're not allowed to call it mb are we managed to med b med b yeah well do you know what to answer this question um i i did actually look this up it made me think um i wonder if there are any uh, active footballers who are who are buddhists because um, I couldn't think of any. So I had a look. Uh, there's a few ex-players kicking around. Roberto Baggio, Roberto Baggio allegedly. No, really? Uh, apparently, yeah. How good would he be? How good would he have been on the index in his heyday? Oh, I mean, a bit before my time, but I've seen clips and what a player. <laughs> so so the only active footballer that I could find, believe it or not, this is, this is allegedly true, is Mario Balotelli. I don't now, believe that. Now, I, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't he raised by adopted jewish parents or is that someone else <laughs> I, I, with mario a, anything could be possible anything is possible. so allegedly probably i assume to curb his uh, crazier traits um and let's face it mario's not exactly pulling in the buzz in any other form so i think uh martin's suggestion is a good one because meditation buzz might win paul mario balotelli uh, some dividends that he's not going to get any other way just an update on the Balotelli thing. I've quickly <laughs> Wikipedia'd him, and he was placed in foster foster care, 
to the Balotelli family. Uh, his foster parents were or are Sylvia, the Jewish daughter of a Holocaust uh, a Holocaust survivor, and Francesco Balotelli. So, yeah, uh, I I wasn't going nuts. I had seen that somewhere before. Uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting if uh, I'm if he was the only person competing for meditation bars. It wouldn't be that interesting, would it? No, it wouldn't. No, no. Sli- <laughs> slightly less interesting than goalkeepers. Yeah. Right. Next question: Trading McTrade face. <laughs> <laughs> Shag marry kill. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing my I'm losing my shit here. Sorry, y- Yoda, Mister Miyagi, or Gandalf. So let's let's throw this back to Gene's question because I think uh, the yeah one of the reasons why I may be a pussy is because I actually bothered to try and work out an answer to this question. Um, <laughs> um, so um, Yo- Yoda's technically already dead, isn't he? So uh, yeah. he can't. I probably can't kill Yoda uh, in that sense. So um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually quite a big Lord of the Rings fan. So if I probably have to hang out with anybody on any sort of long term basis, uh, that's going to be Gandalf. So I ended up with. Uh, I, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. I ended up with Shag Yoda, kill Miyagi, marry Gandalf. There you go. That's the that's oh, the answer. Shag, shag the dead Yoda. Um, <laughs> well, this is you know def- you definitely want... going definitely going on explicit. For, for I can't, any, I can't have any, it any other way. For any Karate Kid fans out there, um, you can't marry Miyagi. He's going to have you just painting fences all goddamn day. Isn't <laughs> where's the, where's the mean, fun I'm in a, that? I'm a, uh, I'm actually a karateka myself, a black belt. So I was a massive, uh, massive Karate Kid fan. I don't think I could do any of those three things to Mister Miyagi. <laughs> uh, it's like even gun to my head, I think I'd take the bullet. Uh, next question: Fi Mister Bump, that's a nice name. How many times have you looked at your zero portfolio since you left? Have you have you been on the index much? That's an interesting question. At least it's at least it's a question about football index. So how many minutes in are we when we finally started talking about the index? Um, do you know what? Actually, a few. I mean, I, I, I knew I was coming on the, the podcast and I figure I'd better just keep an eye on what was going on. Um, and I still want to just see. I mean, the interesting thing for me right now is just keeping an eye on the footy and uh, uh, just seeing where that's going. And um, so, you know, how much to kind of berate myself or congratulate myself on my uh, recent choice to take a sabbatical. Um, but, yeah, it's funny. You, you log into the index and, and, and the mouse just starts wandering towards that portfolio <laughs> tab. And you go, hey, what the hell am I doing? Um, but, yeah, I, I have looked at, I have uh, looked at my zero portfolio. It's going to throw people week. off when or if that portfolio button or tab does move, won't it? Or <laughs> it's going <it's> to take <laughs> yeah. a bit of adjusting to because it's been like that for so long. And it's something you do... As soon as you, well, it's either that or you hit the two dividend columns. Uh, you go on your portfolio. It's it's bad enough. It's bad enough having a beta site, an app, and an original website, um, and trying to remember how to navigate all three of them at the same time. <laughs> well, hopefully they consolidate them into one lovely product in the future. Uh, our football index. Where does Zen come from, and do you use it every day in life? If so, how? Uh, no, I, no, I don't. It's it's purely a thing. But I'll I'll explain where it uh, where it came from. Yeah, I'm very uh, curious. It, it wasn't it wasn't my original football index handle when I first joined. I, I should say I've I've been on the index about eighteen months. I joined May 2017, um, and originally I was I was just like everybody else. I used to tweet random stuff, um, and then I came across. Um, a Twitter account which is trading related but not football index related 
um, which is uh, which I'm going to give a little shout out to because I think it's awesome. So it's at Trading Composure. Uh, it's run by a guy called uh, Ivan Bayaji. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, and he's a successful trader and he's written books on it. But he really um, does this whole um, trading mentality thing um, and how to kind of stay calm and uh, and use that kind of as, a, as an edge. And when I stumbled across it, it was almost like a little bit of a light bulb came on because you know, I'm not, I should probably say, I'm not a Buddhist uh, in the in the traditional sense. I don't meditate, but I have an interest in that whole uh, Zen mindfulness uh, kind of thing. So when I started reading it, I thought to myself, you know what, actually, this is, this is really cool. And this is, this will give me a reason to, um, or kind of give me a framework to tweet around in respect to football index. It's kind of like a little bit of a niche. Um, so that I don't just tweet random stuff every day and I don't get embroiled in it. So I just decided that it kind of suited the focus that I wanted to have with trading. And so I just adopted it as a persona um, and it stuck and I kind of like it. So uh, so I've, I've maintained it to this day. <laughs> it's funny how one of those things just sticks, right? I mean, I remember having TC on the podcast where his profile picture is a potato but lots of people thought it was a moon yeah. i'm pretty sure a lot of people still do it's funny how those things just kind of stick potato moons and whatever it may be but uh it's really interesting i've always wondered when i saw a lot of your tweets very mystical so to speak and i always didn't know if you were taking the piss if i'm honest <laughs> no it's all it's all reasonably it's no it's all meant with 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 good intent um i, I feel like actually i've slightly um uh, sort of gone off that. I use a, um, a hashtag actually, which is uh, uh, hashtag Trade Zen, which is where I kind of I put my um, my tweets that are a little bit more um, uh, sort of Zen related under under that um, under that hashtag. But I don't think I've been using it very much of late, which which is probably a bad sign that I've been getting too <laughs> embroiled in the nitty gritty of the of the index and uh, and been a bit less Zen myself. So. <laughs> can't always be zen no, I, no, I, absolutely not. it takes a very patient and disciplined man to be zen well, for, you know, for every day in his life. i think the other, the other thing it's important to say that that for i think sometimes this is why i do get um a little bit of stick on twitter is that um people sort of think that i'm passing myself off as some sort of zen master um and it's something like that it's some sort of guru thing and it's and it's absolutely not it's um the zen state of mind is what helps me not do stupid stuff and make stupid trading decisions and lose money and that's that's all it is <laughs> fair enough fair enough whatever helps you not lose money yeah is is good that is it. Uh, next question from uh, uh golfing granddad he seems to have a question every week but is yet to make a debut on the figcast i've tried to get him on promise uh have you ever traded in any other markets before and what has your experience been if you could compare them well uh so the short answer to that is no. Um, so this is the kind of interesting thing that um, uh, people, some people know about me is that um, I'm a pretty active trader on the index, but I'm a small trader. Um, and I've kind of always liked being the voice of the small, or a voice of the smaller trader. Um, so I do not have thousands, thousands in the index at all. Um, and I had never, I, I had no background in trading. In, in fact, I'd, I'd never even really, although I'm a, I'm a big sports fan, 
I hadn't even got any background in, in I'd never really even done much sports betting because it always seemed like a good way of losing money. Um, I've got family members and people I know who uh, who are into uh, slightly different kinds of, of investing. And I just, when I discovered, when I stumbled across the index, I just thought, well, actually the, the main kind of thing that I wanted to do was learn to trade. Um, the money was almost secondary. So I thought, you know what, this, this first, I'll have a stab at it. And, but this first kind of arc, if you like, that I've just finished is, is my, my, my learning curve, um, and get to a point where I've got, you know, reasonably, a reasonably modest investment, some reasonably modest targets. Um, but can I do it? You know, can I, can I be an active trader? Can I do it consistently? And uh, and just kind of feel like, you know, if I then decided to go bigger with it, would I would I trust myself to do it? So that's kind of that's the kind of the journey of my first eighteen months on the index. That that makes a lot of sense. To be fair, I do preach that it does probably take about three to six, seven, eight months to really get to grips with the platform. And I suppose at one point I thought you were talking about how you could use football index as a vehicle to learn to trade or learn to lose money so that you can go on to an actual market and trade stocks and shares. But it does make sense, doesn't it? Especially with order books that will come in, it's going to be a lot more like traditional markets, especially those where you can uh, open longs, uh, long contracts, etc. It, it will be a lot more like a traditional market. And do you, do you think that will scare traders more? Do you think that will make it more complex and harder to understand as a product when we do get that truer market experience? Possibly, yeah. Um, and I think, but, you know, the building blocks are there in place. I mean, you know, if I've got the academy, um, you know, they've got all your stuff. Um, and, and obviously, you know, as we know, uh, you know, they're looking at doing more. Um, you know, the community have done a fantastic job um, especially in the last, you know, few months, with all of the the um, uh, different platforms that have, and different hubs that have kind of set up to help traders, but obviously, you know, clearly the index are going to working uh, working on doing more of that themselves. But I, you know, it's been something that I've done. I've just it's not just the the uh, football index terminology, but you know, I've I've looked into um, just understanding trading techniques and how to apply them. So you know, I didn't know what stop loss was before I came on Football Index. And, and uh, you know, that's not something we talk about a lot on, on the index. Um, but I started to research a little more widely into, you know, I saw people talking about, um, you know, how to manage risk and good money management and all that sort of stuff. And I was thinking, well, I don't know really what this means, but it sounds like applicable stuff. So, you know, I spend, you know, <laughs> a time when I'm not on the index on Investopedia going, what does all this stuff mean? And and, and I've, it's been genuinely useful. You know, I, I'm someone, I know everybody doesn't really believe in it, but I'm, you know, f- with my index trading, um, I'm quite um, clear about using stop loss. Um, so, you know, effectively you have a, um, a, you know, a percentage figure, um, and, and if, a, if a, a player drops that amount, say, you know, drops 10% and you're in the red to the tune of 10%, you really look at it once it hits that point and you go, am I going to hold through this? And is there a really good genuine reason to hold this? Because what I found in my first six months of trading was that I, I just ended up with my portfolio getting stuck with people who were way in the red. Um, quite a few of those came from bad, bad IPO 
buys. I was I was always terrible in the old days of you know Friday lunchtime fastest finger. I was god awful at that, and um, so I ended up. I remember having a few players that I bought badly. I think uh, Fernandinho was definitely one of those. Um, Arjen Robin was one of those. Um, especially, you know, going for older players, which, you know, has subsequently been proved to, uh, you know, be something that's not uh, not in vogue at the moment. But I, I ended up with those guys thinking, you know, especially with Fernandinho, thinking, well, you know, this guy's got it. When PB came in, I was thinking, yeah, Fernandinho is going to kick it on PB. Nah, is he? Is he hell? So um, so what I should have done was, you know, I just I sat there for, for a, you know, month after month watching these guys sort of just gradually trickle down. And, and I should have known about stop loss sooner. I should have gone, you know what, get them out get them out, get that money, you know, back into something better. Um, and I didn't do it. So some of those things took me a while to, to get my head round and um, and just learn some of those techniques. But I think that they're, like, you know, I'd encourage people to, to look at, um, uh, you know, look at other trading techniques, look at the terminology and, and try and apply this stuff. Yeah, it, it does make a bit of sense to look at traditional markets. But I always think with Football Index, you want to not be reactionary like with the stop loss thing i'm not saying you're doing anything wrong but i think that predetermination and prevention or being slightly more cautious when you're unsure so if you are looking at a player and you're unsure about them think about what's the max you'd buy of that player and kind of only buy 25 30 40 percent of that if they drop then you can dollar cost average yourself down into that player and buy that full amount that you wanted that way that if you buy that first 20 25 and they go down 10 percent, and then you keep buying until it levels out and then you suddenly got that base price or average price um at a much fairer price to that whole bulk buy that you wanted if that makes sense and then you're in a slightly better situation i think so i think there is that aspect of you do have to be quite reactive on the index especially as there are a lot of short-term traders and you do need to react uh, to big scores to injuries like i think i was out all evening uh, and i saw zinchenko and delph up in the trending charts and i could just automatically assumed that Benjamin Mendy was uh, injured uh, because I thought, well, there's no other reason that that would happen, right? So I do think there is that reactionary nature, but the preventative side, preventing you being in the situations, I think is almost just as important, if not maybe a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've, you know, I think with, the, you know, the key thing for everybody, especially when they're starting out is, you know, is to experiment with this stuff, but but you know, absolutely, and I think I think they, these are all the kind of rookie mistakes that we've all made um, on the index, and we all um, you know we all learn you know the, the the art of the art of buying and the art of selling. Yeah, and we we still make them. I think people are very, I think spoiler traders as well. They, they look at the larger traders and they must see people posting pictures of them making £100 in a matter of days or minutes, hours, whatever it may be. And they must look and say, wow, like they never lose, right? They yeah. must never lose. Yeah, and yeah. it's just far from it, right? Absolutely. For every one of those trades that someone's made, they've made a howler, probably not as bad because they've obviously done quite well on the index, but they've made some big mistakes. And by all accounts, I think there are people who look at those big traders and think wow they, they always make the right decision but those big traders not only are they have they been good at making some decisions as people may 
presume that they have done, but they've also been very good at taking those losses on. I mean, you think about Fitty Index Chat, for example, who held his Griezmann all the way up, then down, and then up. I don't know if he still owns them, but that takes some balls to do. That feeling of seeing someone go down from £7 to 250 and then uh, hold on and have faith that they'll go up, whether or not uh, he was there to see him fall and maybe could have sold at the time, I don't know, and whether or not he could have used that capital from... Uh, the point that Griezmann was at that stage to now I'm not sure but to hold through that whole thing is really takes some balls I think yeah and I mean this is kind of why this is kind of why the whole the whole zen thing is is a big thing to me because I think what I've learned is that you you kind of have to you, you know we all have different comfort levels with the different players in our portfolio and uh, there are some players who, you know, it is a, it is an emotional thing that that you just, you know, you have that belief in, so that even if it, it's kind of easy to hold them, I found this with certain players that I just I I like them, I just think they're going to come good, and m- most players will, you know, it's it's we really haven't, you know, other than Rooney and Zlatan, and even hey, even they've had their little comeback days, but you know, we haven't seen um, players really going you know, to kind of slide completely off the off the radar um that much and so um so it is easy to hold but but some players you know some players you have that kind of affinity to some players you know you buy i know maybe that maybe they're players from clubs you don't like or, or whatever but you just you know you don't have that you know i have that thing with um uh i'm trying to give an example Lewandowski is a bit of one like that for me I've, I've bought him several times he's never really made me much money i always seem to just get on him at slightly the wrong wrong price i always think he's gonna you know get above four quid one of these days and he never really does it and um and so you know there's players like that that they they if i if i hang on to them they bug me and so i just think you know what i don't i don't need that in my mind, every time I go onto my portfolio, there's, uh, you know, they're sitting there looking at me in the red. If, you know, if you're starting to feel like that, then then often that is just a, a, you know, it's a kind of sign to yourself saying, you know, you're not happy with this trade. You know, is it time to just cut that one loose and, and um, uh, you know, and get on, if you're going to hold, you know, reasonably long term, you know, at least hold the players that uh, that you're happy to see there every day. That's fair, but I think people do get bogged down in that red and green quite a lot. Whereas I think if that was eliminated, I wonder if that state of mind that you've just described would be there or would be there to a lesser extent. If that makes color blindness may well be a good, um, may actually be a positive for football index traders. Yeah. <laughs> Right, we'll move on to the next question. Uh, Jamie Harwood, what are you, or Harwood, Harwood, I'm sorry if I've pronounced that incorrectly. What are you going to do with the money you, you've you taken out? Are you holding to the, or are, or are you holding to then hopefully put it back in after seeing improvement? I've spent it. Um, <laughs> it's come out. Ooh, so. Wow. Do, do, do so, tell if it's not too no, no, no. personal. Well, so uh, yeah, so obviously, as uh, as people as people may know, so I, I am taking a, a short sabbatical, uh, hopefully not for too long. So the reason is, I mean, it's interesting because when you had Stanford on last week, um, you were talking about exit strategy, and he said he didn't have one, and um, which which you know kind of surprised me in a way, but um, but I guess actually, I do think. Uh, just, sorry, I do think like a lot of the big the big guys with the big portfolios maybe don't maybe they haven't thought about it that far i don't think footy index chat uh stanford asp for example asp who's been on the podcast before and, and same with uh sotd 
they've all of them have said they don't really know i think it's kind of that stage where people are riding the wave and i mean those guys as they've done very well are quite clever chaps i'm sure they've withdrawn and not risked themselves to such an extent that if football index god forbid didn't work out that they'd lose every single thing that they own but i do think yeah you're right it is interesting that it's not been thought of at well all. absolutely I, I mean as you know as a as a smaller trader um as i say i kind of I, I i came into it my eyes wide open of um you know having some some reasonably modest modest targets um and so what's what's kind of happened uh for me just personally recently is that i've got an opportunity to uh, do some traveling, um, which I'm going to be doing very soon. And I'm going to a very, very remote part of the world that has no connectivity <laughs> pretty much whatsoever. So I'm not going to be able to, uh, I'm not going to be able to trade anything like effectively. And actually, the reason that I kind of got into the index in the first place, or the reason for, for thinking, hey, some, some extra money would be nice, was actually to, uh, was actually to buy the kit that I'm going to need to do um, uh, uh, this um, particular bit of traveling. So it's all, what actually happened was that literally in the last few weeks, an opportunity to do this traveling kind of came slightly out of nowhere. And by complete coincidence, the amount of money that I've made on the index, I kind of hit my target figure um, in terms of what I needed. So it all just kind of came together. And I started thinking, well, the time is now, I've got the money. and you know and i'm not going to be able to trade for a bit and, and you know the index is in an interesting place so i would kind of say the reasons that i've done what i've done are, are 80 percent real world personal reasons 20 percent maybe a little bit of uncertainty which we, we talk about about um just you know where the index is and even bigger things than, than the index are um and i just thought you know what this is this is this kind of feels like a nice endpoint and i actually you know i can i can close off this this 18 month journey that I've been on on the index, take my money, do something incredibly cool with it, which is on my bucket list. And then I'll be back and I may well I may well be back bigger than I than I have been. And that's certainly my intention is to is to sort of reinvest in the new year, and probably at a higher level than than I have done. I mean, that bucket list is not going to cross itself off, is it? Uh, <laughs> no absolutely you know and this and this is the thing you know what are we doing it for you know yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. very easy you know it, it's an amazing um you know kind of gamification of of of, uh, of trading you know in a really interesting way that the football index have given us but you know there's got to be some reason to do it other than the game itself yeah i mean it's it's one of those things i think if you go back to i'm not sure if it's episode 22 it's with one of my friends one of my housemates at the time we did talk about not football index being a means to an end, but thinking about what would you do if you left all that money or like left with all that money or whatever money you have in it or um, what this experience has taught you in a way being on the index, taking the positives, not from just a monetary standpoint. I think it's quite important to think about from time to time. And obviously some people have created platforms of data, blogs uh you know big twitter accounts that's to some extent these days marketing isn't it so uh i think loads of people have learned different skills and they've done different things because of the index which is great uh if we just put the money side money factor to the side um but i think we, we we should probably talk about uh zen what would make you go back in to the index so to speak and i think wenger knew 
had uh, a question. You tweeted that you'd like to see four things in 2019 in the context of your selling. How many of those four you listed do you see happening in 2019? Now, do you want to remind everyone what those four things were? Yeah, so this was a this was a tweet I, I put out a little while ago, um, and it just it was just as I was trying to sort of um, settle in my own mind what um, uh, just how I felt about um, the things that have happened. So the four things were: first one was um, settled game rules. Um, so, uh, and I was having a conversation with somebody on Twitter about this um, earlier in the week that you know. It's not like it's not like football index have have tinkered endlessly with the format. Sometimes it it seems like that, but actually, you know, it hasn't. We've we've had, you know, the performance buzz came in well, over you know over twelve months ago now. <clears throat> GNA divs are uh, the new uh, the new kid on the block. Um, but within that, there have been a you know there have been other things in the football world that obviously changed. We've had a World Cup, um, so you know we've had we've had performance buzz as it as it um uh, you know kind of applied to a world cup which was a little bit different um you know i the one thing i've been um massively keen on is these goal and assist dividends um i was when it first came out in that first 72 hours i felt pretty lonely on the index as the, as one of the few people who was pretty positive about it from the get-go um because i saw that it it could provide value in an area of the market where there was little value in trading at that time. Um, so I hope it stays, um, but I hope it's I hope it can stimulate a little bit more of the market. The one thing that probably bugged me a little bit about that trial was was the thirty day thing, um, because people very quickly did the math. They worked it out, and they kind of worked out with the number of games there were in that thirty-day period, and and you know the amount of those dividends that you could get. That really you were looking at, you know, probably the one pound fifty and below market if you were going to just trade in and out, and not just treat it as a little bit of extra dividend on a player that you were going to hold anyway. But if you were going to sort of just trade for for those divs, um, then you needed to be kind of down that end of the market. Um, so uh, you know, I would love to see. Goal and assists uh, come in and become a permanent feature, and if and if it could be a slightly longer window, then of course I think people will be looking at, um, you know, stimulating a slightly higher price bracket. For me, uh, you know, it's interesting that one pound fifty kind of marker um, that nowadays pretty much uh, describes the top two hundred of the squad. Uh, so what are we about two two twenty now? Is is the top of the squad? Um, and one, and I look down, and about one pound fifty is is about two hundred players down. So I think if 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 goal and assist could could stimulate, you know, all of the squad um, who can't win, um, you know, media dividends, then I think that would be a very very cool place for that to sit uh, within football index. Um, so you know, seeing seeing that, seeing what's going to happen with that. Um, and just knowing, just so I can make a plan, you know, I'm someone who quite likes to have a sort of three month, six month plan of how I'm going to trade. Um, so, it's, you know, just knowing what's going to happen for, for kind of the rest of the season, at least would, would be great. Um, and one or two other things as well, you know, not so much the, the game rules, but also um, just some of the application of um, uh, sort of factors. So, for example, I got a little bit miffed the other day because the, and it's the first time I'd seen it, um, was that uh, Instant Cell got turned off uh, in play. 
during games. Um, and I think I put a poll out on Twitter saying, you know, what do people think? Do we think it's fair that that Football Index are encouraging in-play trading and telling us we should be doing that and then switching off instant sell, which you kind of need um, a lot of the time <laughs> for in-play trading. So, you know, again, it would be nice to see some of those things become a little bit more consistent if that's possible. I mean, obviously, you know, order books is going to change that stuff anyway. Um but even in the meantime, if, if uh, you know, if FI felt like telling us a little bit more about the, you know, the kind of uh, the application of things like, you know, instant cell being on and off, it wouldn't be a bad thing, I think. I think the instant cell one is is obviously much discussed. And I probably reckon it's discussed quite a lot in the office, right? Because from my understanding, the fundamentals are you have kind of a certain amount of money which is either behind the whole index or behind each player specifically in terms of instant sell and then when that runs out that obviously means a lot of people have been selling then you have a look at why certain player has has fallen so for example if mendy's done his knee probably going to be a big spread or whatever because football index will then you know amplify that spread but then put some more money behind that instant sell button so it is going to be, for me, the, the thing that I'm not perplexed but interested to see is how they're going to provide liquidity when order books come through. I know they said that they're looking at getting someone else to do it, maybe have a third party offer some sort of instant sell or, or, or buy function that could be done not all the time but when there's enough demand on on the player and you want to get out uh quickly i'm not too sure i think the instant sell one yeah I, i'd agree i think in play if football index are trying to push more in play trading especially from here up until the point of order picks i think you should probably leave the instant sell button on unless things are going absolutely mental and obviously they're not it, it's not for their it's they're losing out too much if that makes sense then Maybe it's kind of a business decision, decision, but I, I'm just not sure, really, if I'm honest. No, I know. I mean, it, it is all uncertain, as I say, and until until order books comes around, I don't think we're going to get a, um, a you know a full proper uh, solution to the whole instant sell, the issue of spreads, which was spreads was was one of the other of these four things that I'd um, uh, I'd named as as being something I'd like to see sorted out. Um, is, is a you know a, a reduction of spreads or at least a more a more um, uh, consistent application of it. So, but you know, uh, with all of this stuff, I think I think what we're what we're looking for is is you know say is, is that ability to plan, that ability to kind of trade and get away from uh, one of the other things I put was was you know encouraging div related trading, which might sound well, they do surely they do encourage div related trading. Well, well they kind of do, but um, I saw SOTD. Uh, tweet something about you know this week about about hypey recent trading and 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 that's that's something that um, I don't particularly like getting involved with and it's one of the, again one of the reasons why I felt I could take the sabbatical was because I don't really like um, you know trying to play the very quick uh, in and out game I do it I do it sometimes but not. Um, uh not not usually kind of that far do, so do you not think like, though you know, maybe the hypey thing that he was alluding to was people pumping players that aren't even on the pitch so maybe the kind of in and out on the pitch stuff might be slightly more justified because if someone scores a couple goals then they're more likely to win pb or mb 
uh, respect. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I know. I do agree with that. Probably with the hypey stuff, I'm talking about things like you know the Arnautovic uh, rise. Well, you know, I mean, this week. I, I don't know. Like that to play devil's advocate, if Arnautovic actually said that he wanted to leave, which I think by an Instagram post or something that he alluded to not being true if he actually said he wants to leave you're going to the biggest mb team in the index during an international break that's kind of a big deal and i can kind of understand that rise obviously in the index everything's amplified especially during an international break when there's less activity suddenly you have one big article everyone pushes towards that player it i kind of understand it i understand that more than someone tweeting about a, a youngster that's played 13 minutes this season and then going up 50%, 50%, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the, I think the interesting thing is that um, these bubbles seem to be getting bigger. Um, you know, we've always had this. It's not like it's a new thing on the index. We've always had, you know, rumours causing spikes. But I was looking back at, um, you know, some of my old data. Um, and I, I don't know whether, whether you know, people in the community think this is generally true or not, but it, it seems to me that... Um, in, in the old days, in the good old days, um, those spikes we used to have, they weren't they weren't this big. Uh, you know, I mean, Arnautovic was, uh, I had a look, he, he was up over that, that daily rise was over 40%. And and I don't remember rises. We, you know, we've had other ones. We had, um, there was an in-play one, Lucas Moura in, in a Spurs game went, went absolutely huge. Um, you know, and I, and I just I think it is a reflection of the fact we've got so many more traders now that there's, there are just more people to pile in to this stuff. Um, but I think, you know, the, the bigger the bubble, uh, the bigger the opportunity, but also the bigger the risk that, you know, you can get burned more badly. Um, so, um, yeah, it's just something that, um, you know, I hope that, uh, you know, whatever Football Index do in the future, they will um just have that balance just 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 you know make sure there is value um you know in in trading a little bit longer term so that we don't all just end up ever more piling towards the sort of bubble trading way of doing it Mm, i think you have to have a mixture right in the podcast with stanford we talked about how there is a place for speculative trading there is a place for long-term holders like himself there is a place for people who have smaller portfolios like yourself but are still long-term and they're looking for a looking at it as a means to an end before kind of re-evaluating and there are people who do go in and out of players very quickly there are those people who sit on players that are 50 to 1 50p to 1 pound and may or may not pump them there's a lot of different ways that people go about on football index and i think it's interesting to to talk about these bubbles and i sometimes think that they're almost bubbles within bubbles because you get one run youngster that rises significantly they're in a bubble of their own but then suddenly you get all these other players that are compared and contrasted to these players and, and suddenly you get a, a significant amount of bubbles and all of this in one big bubble in itself uh, as youngsters some youngsters are i should say yeah, it, absolutely. It does get I, interesting. I, I do. I absolutely agree with you that I think the, the the fact that there are so many different ways you can make money on the index is one of its absolute strengths, and I wouldn't I wouldn't want it to be any other way, um, for sure. Mm. Just just to, just to cover off the last the Go last on, one of those uh, those four things. Sorry, I was going to lose my thread. Yeah, yeah. Is, um, I was just about to ask you to, to yeah, summarise. The, was, the um, was and it's an important one. Is is a technically sound platform? Um, you know, we know we know that. Um, from a back-end point of view, obviously, Adam's talked about NASDAQ 
which should be which should hopefully be really good news. But this is probably the the one that's the biggest bugbear of mine because it's my it's my day job. I work in in digital comms and, and web development, and um, and I have to say, if there's one negative thing I'm going to say uh, on this podcast, it's that you know my my extreme disappointment at, at the beta site. Um, uh, you know, I really, I really didn't like it at all, and I think I was probably, I probably did lose my zen a little bit on that, um, because I just feel that a bad interface could be an absolute killer for the index. Um, it's one of the, you know, other than, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, th- I think it's one of the one of the biggest things that they could get wrong that they could seriously damage themselves with, um, and so I really hope that that's going to done. I've, you know, I think um, from the, the limited amount of times that I've uh, you know, sort of spoken to to Kieran and, and co via, via Twitter you know they all seem like good guys I think they do know what they're doing but um, but that's it's really that's really worth some investment you know it's not all about the marketing um, you know that uh, good good design good interface design for the index is something that I really really uh, strongly believe is something they should invest in big time the easier a product is to use the more people love yeah, it absolutely if, if it's a great product in itself and it's easy to use, people love it. If you look at the likes of, I'm going to pluck out the uh, live score, for example, or another one of these goal notification games, they don't do anything special in terms of their interface. It's just really simple to use and it gets the yeah. job done. With Football Index, sometimes it's like, the job I want to be done isn't being done by the app. <laughs> so, yeah. do you know what yeah, i mean yeah. it's a bit strange well, there's there's an old there's an old phrase design is how it works um and right exactly you know, and that's what, uh, and that's what you it know is. kieran the the product guy is a very clever chap I've, I've met him on multiple occasions and i think he might be coming on the, the podcast on wednesday hopefully cool. if i can rope him in but i'm sure he's he's definitely thought about those things and in the last podcast with adam and uh mike we did talk about how they're going to just start from the beginning in terms of their interface um the, the tech stack everything so it, it's going to be interesting as to how that transition happens but i did see some pictures from kieran i don't know if you saw them of the order books yeah they did really yeah did that, that was uh, that got, got people quite excited today didn't it that was uh, yeah no that's that, that definitely mm, did yeah, look like yeah, good yeah. stuff so if, if that's if that's the future then then i'll have fun <laughs> i like the tweet where it was like subject to a lot of change yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not subject to a little bit of change, so it's clear that they're kind of in the in the infancy of that idea. It, not the order books idea, but the actual what it's going to look like. But it did look yeah, nice yeah. to me. We'll keep the faith on. We'll keep mm, the faith interesting. on. Interesting. Well, we're not even halfway uh, on the podcast yet. We've got Tony Graham here. Uh, what fi Twitter behavior makes you feel most unzen? One, the idiot sale pitch or numpty pump and dump, if you will. Uh, think can think about candidates for at OpensFI Twitter. Number two, the self-congratulation. I tipped this guy at 50p and now he's £2 while ignoring their 20 other failed tips. Three, the blinkered argument. Even if your opinion has merit, I don't care. If it's different to mine, you're a twat. Yeah. <laughs> so which one of those three well, really riles you up? Do you know what? Um, I'm probably going to people. I, I may have an attitude to this that people wouldn't expect. Um, when you had uh, Eddie and Christina on a couple of weeks ago, uh, I heard Eddie talking about uh, pumping and dumping and those sorts of tweets, and it was really interesting because he he started off going, "Oh yeah, you know, it's a, it's a terrible thing, isn't it?" And then he was a bit like, "Well, if you fall for it." Um, you know, maybe maybe FI is not for you. So do you know what? I'm I'm going to pick up and go go further. Uh, you know, 
to where I think Eddie wanted to go, which is which is to say I couldn't give a monkey's about pumping and dumping. I genuinely couldn't. It is a non-issue as far as I'm concerned on the index. The thing that actually bugs me more about it is the moaning about it that gives it more oxygen than it deserves. Um, you know, I, I the, the truth of the matter is I, I actually see very little of it because people who do that tend to do it pretty consistently. It tends to be at least you know, 60, 70% of their tweets. So I just don't follow them or I just mute them. Um, so I actually see very little of all of this pumping and dumping that goes on, which is ignorance is absolute bliss. Um, but I believe in I believe in personal responsibility for these things. I think you know traders should have a plan. Um, yeah, you know, yes, I, I do accept the argument that um, you know for for absolute newbies they they may well pay more attention to this stuff and get burned, but hopefully they'll only do it once. Um, so you know what, pumpers and dumpers, do your thing. I really don't care. Um, so that doesn't that doesn't get me get me hot under the collar at all. Um, I think we should all just we should just all ignore these people and they'll and you know they won't do it so much. The, the thing the thing the thing is though I, I know you talk about self responsibility, but aren't there those? Okay, picture this right. I've just joined the index. I've just joined Twitter, and I go on Twitter. I try and interact with the football index uh, Twitter community. One of the first things I see is someone pumping and dumping. I buy that player, and then I see them fall because i bought at the top of the pump and i leave the platform i i think it's i know what you mean that you should just block it out and ignorance is bliss however there is to some extent not something that needs to be done by football index but maybe by the community themselves i don't know if someone wants to create like a blacklist or anything like that but it's it's kind of like these guys are harming acquisition for football index and i don't think that ignoring those people is the right way about going about it if that makes sense i'm not saying what you're doing is wrong totally entitled to ignore them but i don't think we should because i don't think that they should have the right to basically put someone off the index with one stupid thing that they've done for probably a few quid right and they're not getting rich off this it's that's the sad part about it they're buying in a few hundreds probably between them or on their own if they're really cheap they're buying close to a thousand of them and then they may be making with commission and instant selling them not that much money so it's it's sad if i if i want to say that well sorry it's sad if uh, that's the kind of whole idea i'm trying to get across yeah, I, I don't disagree with that, and you know that's what we that's what we have Stanford for, isn't it? To uh, to catch those rats. But um, yeah, I, as I say, I just think I, I don't. I, I would be surprised if you know. I think we do. We over worry that there are there are all these people that are all getting put off. You know, some lessons are hard lessons in life, and you know if if that's a hard one that people have to learn, they shouldn't they shouldn't make that mistake too many times. And you know what? If they're going and looking at these people's Twitter accounts, and they've only got 40 followers because all of us unfollowed them and didn't give them any oxygen they'd probably go oh he hasn't got any followers he must be an absolute idiot whereas you know think guide's got five thousand or whatever you've got now and um you know when you go oh there's a there's a trustworthy source so you know even these things like that so i just I, it's just it's not something that I, I i i let bother me it doesn't make me feel unsaid what what probably does um is um is is the trader arguing actually um you know that's um because you know i i respect everybody's opinion i mean people are 
Um, we all have different ways to trade, and, and I, you know, I find it valuable. A lot of times, people will um, will say to me, "I will get a lot of tweets." You know, I'll put something out there, and people say, "I you know, fundamentally disagree with what you're what you're saying," um, and I always want to listen to that. Um, so I think the, the trader arguing kind of bugs me when that when that gets out of hand. The other thing that bugs me is is a lot is is the slating of of, um, of football index and and some of the some of the staff um, because I've say I've I've worked in in uh, you know startup and small tech and digital companies most of my life. I know how hard people work in that industry. It is not a nine to five job, um, you know, and you don't have the staffing levels that, um, you know, mean you're kind of you're coasting. Um, you're usually running your ass off all day, every day. So, you know, for Mike and Kieran and all those guys, I have nothing but respect for them. And it really and it really does bug me when I see people really, really having a go at them, as we saw, you know, I think with with goals and assists, you know, the the, uh, the launch of that. Yeah, OK, wasn't perfect. Um but a lot of that stuff went too far for me. Yeah, I think some of it was unwarranted, but some of it, I, I do think that if you have a certain level of money in this thing and you've told a lot of people about it and you've advocated for Football Index, in some effect, you are, you're not a stakeholder, but because the way Football Index business model works everyone feels like they're a part of it if they have mm. money in it yeah so it, it, everyone feels like it's their baby to some extent so maybe that's why you take it more personally well, the, if that makes, or I, I can see why a lot of people have done that the, the counter argument to it and I, and I think this is you know genuine feedback that i i would give a football index is that you know what has to change is they have to realize they now have a much bigger you know very mm. passionate very vocal community that is a hugely powerful force um, and a massive advantage to them, but one that they must must treat more carefully these days, um, because you know, yeah, I agree. I think that's that's the word, right? A bit more care in terms of the comms, yeah. especially. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm. Right. Uh, before I go on to the second part of the show, I uh, just wanted to remind you guys: you can also find me on YouTube. Uh, couple videos out recently uh, one about the goals and assist dividends and one which is the latest of the bank builder series nearly a thousand pounds now when uh, when we get there i've got quite a decent idea as i've mentioned in the previous podcast uh hopefully i've not overhyped it <laughs> and if you want to see some written content then we've just had fi trader join us or join me and Liam for the Football Index newsletter which goes out fortnightly so please email me at football.index.guide at gmail.com or tweet me DM me my DMs are open if you want a link to the newsletter if you want to hear me speak about just football then head over to the State of Play podcast on iTunes Spotify or wherever you want or uh, on Twitter at State of Play pod and if you want to collaborate or sponsor the podcast then hit me up on football.index.guide at gmail.com if you guys saw uh, the announcement I made the other day uh, got the first ever sponsored bit of uh, Thigcast stuff which is amazing uh, I don't really know how it's it's come to fruition it's only been uh, here for 13 months but I've got everyone who's listening uh, at home or on the train wherever you are uh, to thank for that and well you should definitely keep an eye and an ear out for what I'm about to say next which is Mike and Adam Cole being on the podcast very soon and I think Kieran is going to join us as well he's been he's been resistant before 
but I really think it'd be great to have him on. As I mess, uh, as I mentioned on Twitter today, he might very man, he might very well be the man of the people. Um, Zen, we've got to move on to the next uh, bit of the show. Sam Lover, do you think too many traders have become totally unrealistic with the amount of profit they expect to make? and the speed at which that profit comes. I think this is the best question of the show, if I say, if I must say so myself, apart from the Shag Mary kill, of course. <laughs> yeah, this this was a good question. Um, and it's the second part of that question that that's um, really interested me. I mean, Lord knows the amount of profit overall we can expect to make. Well, who knows where the, where the bar is there? Um, ASP set it pretty high. Um, so I think you know over over the over a period of time, um, you know, the sky's the limit in terms of amount of profit. But what this question made me think about was um, about the, the kind of entire span of my eighteen months on the index, and that I, I do kind of feel as though there've almost been three phases to it. Um, obviously, when I first joined, was in the old um, uh, media only, um, media dividend only. Um, sort of section of time for the first few months that I joined. Uh, and in that period, if you wanted to make a decent return, if you wanted to make 40, 50% ROI or more, you had to hold because there was no way of making, uh, we didn't have you know huge spikes in players then. Um, and so I think most of the traders who were around at that time had a fairly patient outlook. And then... Um, obviously, performance buzz uh, came in, um, and we had that sort of period where suddenly, you know, things like injuries became um, a bigger deal because you know players who were injured quite often could could get some media return um, even even with an injury. It didn't really matter, um, but obviously with PB that that made a, a more of a difference. So people began, I think, to sort of. You know, or certainly some traders began to look at, at uh, um, shorter holds um, and trading in and out a little bit more. And then it feels like the third part of it was kind of post-World Cup probably, um, where obviously the trader numbers soared through through the summer as, as, as the index put that real big marketing push into place. And so then we come to what you were saying a minute ago about um, – bubble trading and the bubbles within bubbles and some of the um, uh, sort of um, uh, kind of more, um, I wouldn't say extreme trends, but more more sort of definite trends. We had it with defenders, didn't we, early, you know, a couple of months back, um, you know, and we've, we've very much the, the, the youth kind of aspect of it has, has um, uh, obviously been one that's that's been pretty consistent, hasn't gone away. Um, but I think, so with that has come, different expectations and people have expected they're going to make money faster and obviously you know my own data shows <clears throat> that you know uh, August and September um, this year um, were crazy for, for profit you know I made I made way more profit in, in those two months um, than I think all the other months that I have been on the index combined um, and that does create a big expectation. And of course, that has been a shock that um, for October and November, certainly personally, um, although I managed to, to um, keep profits coming through, um, I certainly couldn't achieve anything like I had in August and September. Yeah, I think a lot of people have had it good for a very long time now. And you have to realise that essentially this is a market and market do markets do go up and down. It's kind of not scary to me, but a bit 
strange to me that people see a bit of red and then automatically complain about something or automatically begrudge football index for for doing x or y at the same time i think there's a lot of people who say well you know if you traded then you'd be out of this pickle which i can see where their angle is from but it doesn't really always work you're you're kind of uh batting a hornet's nest to some extent because you've got people who are already frustrated and then people who are slightly bigger accounts or people that have been on for a bit longer saying well you know you should have done x and y it's like well i don't know how uh but i do think there is this notion right where i always envision envision it in my head how do you convince a audience or a user base that are used to capital appreciation for so long now, right? Football Index, since its existence, has been like this for so long. And when we get to what would be seen as a max market cap or whatever, if there is no way to creatively create a market where money can come in and then out and then in and out, if we kind of stagnate, not stagnate, but if we stay in that market cap range, give or take, I don't know, 10%, 15%, whatever it may be, there are a lot of people who are going to suddenly realise that that Neymar notion of going from £2 to £15 is not going to come around very often. And I think to what you said, where people like ASP who have shown that they've made crazy amount of money, he, he'll he be the first person to tell you that when we get to that stage, it's going to be way harder and you're going to have to pick your battles and you're going to have to pick your players with a lot more care and you're going to have to be a lot better with your trading. So I think that's going to be really interesting how Football Index from a marketing standpoint pivot that and kind of show people that even being in that situation in that market max situation you can still make more way more money than you do betting as you uh, said earlier in the podcast it's a very good way to lose money well this is yeah i mean this is this is where i think um uh, the this is where I, I think the the complexity that that order books and things like that may bring together with the with the data product i think we will um, it will be about getting people more excited about that, um, uh, you know, and it will become, you know, a bit more sort of pure trading. And and uh, but I think Football Links will kind of have the data as part of the product um, that everybody will have access to that should allow people to get on board with that. And that will be a, a little bit of a little bit of kind of natural selection, I guess, for for um, the sort of people who are, who are using the index that those who um, who like that will will get very excited about it those who don't really want to bother will probably just find it all slightly too much hard work and and maybe go elsewhere but um but, the, but is, I, is I do that think one that's, thing to that, say like there is no alternative so the alternative is gambling or traditional betting where you, you just lose money yeah yeah exactly um so you know i, I think um yeah, i don't say I, I think there's definitely hope but there is definitely going to be an, an an evolution there um that there's gonna do it's gonna take it's gonna be a few bumps in the road but i don't think they're anything more than minor bumps in the road well put well put okay uh what do we have next the boy riley has two questions the goalkeeper situation is bad for my zen state any tips i think he's alluding to either the fact that goalkeepers are not very valuable in the index or very little chance to win dividends or that they keep getting kind of pumped and then dumped every time we seem to nearly have a uh, announcement or come close to one <laughs> uh yes i have a tip uh, don't buy keepers 
Um, it's quite simple. Um, I've uh, my I think my first ever purchase on the Elix was it was a keeper actually, and I very quickly that was probably my last. Um, you know, I, I don't. I'm, just for the record, I I don't. I'm not a believer in the goalkeeper category thing at all. I think uh, you know they've proven that they they can um, win dividends. And if anything, maybe maybe at some point in the future, a tweak to the scoring matrix to make things slightly more in their favour would would uh, not be um, unreasonable. Um, but other than that, I just don't. Yeah, I just I don't think they're ever going to be the big thing uh, on the index. I think there's an argument to be made. I think this was SOTD I was speaking to about this with. We were talking about how if we were going to introduce something to goalkeepers or defenders, it would have to be maybe not added clean sheet points, but it would be something that would be quite unlikely to happen from a odds perspective or from a probability perspective, be it um, a goalkeeper saving a penalty being uh, given a few more points or if someone makes, say, seven saves in a game or ten saves in a game, they get a certain amount of points or just certain things like that I think would be quite interesting uh, likewise with defenders for goals and assists I think if you added a clean sheet bonus there's a hell of a lot of more defenders that can get clean sheets if that makes sense just straight up from a pro- uh, like there are more defenders um, than there are forwards for example that are more likely to score and assist and also I don't think you'd buy a defender if they had a goal bonus even it be say four or five p when's the defender realistically going to score more than one goal in a 30-day cycle? Maybe Sergio Ramos? I don't know, if because he's on penalties. Maybe someone who's on free kicks. I, I think it'd be very unlikely, right? It just doesn't really happen that often. So, I, I don't know. I think I do agree with you to, to some extent that they aren't that glamorous. They're not really... They're clearly not... Uh, uh, front and centre for football index from a from a uh, kind of improvement standpoint. I do think there is a slight opportunity there, maybe to tweak something to make it so it wouldn't be regular that we see goalkeepers up there. But every now and then, when you do have a crazy performance where they have been the best player on the pitch, we can see that better represented on football yeah. index. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. As I say, I, I I would like to see him win slightly more than they do now, but not. Not a not a, a separate category. I think that's my my take on it. Mm. Okay, uh, the boy Riley has another question though. He says another one. Sorry, uh, you're excused. <laughs> How do you think FI moving into other sports will impact on the football index? Are you will experienced traders bang out of FI and whack their money into NBA index or golf index, knowing they will have a head start on that platform? And how could they avoid? Can this? we just take a moment and think about this? <laughs> think about golf index and what an unbelievably dull product that would be i mean has anybody thought that through you know what's what's performance buzz for golf for christ's sake that's that's just no that's a ludicrous idea I'm really sorry. Yeah, sorry, golf sorry, golf and granddad, but you know, I'm sorry. I, yeah, no golf. Uh, to be honest, the, the only one that would probably get me would be uh, if they did an NFL one, because I'm a pretty big American football fan as well. But are there are there enough are there enough games in NFL? I mean, I'm not like a massive NFL fan. I'm quite a big NBA fan. But in NFL, there's like the season goes from 
it it's is like it six is months, um, five, six yeah it would definitely be i mean the thing that's interesting you you could um it, i mean the media cycle for it is is enormous so um it would certainly be a bit more skewed because their season is shorter um but it would still be a fun one to do i think it would i think it would lend itself quite well um to doing that um yeah let's say albeit i sorry no, no, well, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, football has a, a massive advantage because it is being played, you know, in Europe, you know, mostly our, our off-season is very, very short. So there's there's always uh, something going on. So um, it definitely has. But I, I just, it, it, to actually answer the question, I don't, with, with everything we've just talked about in terms of what FI need to do for the core football product, I just can't see they're going to rush into this. It would be, you know, given what we said, you know, they don't have, you know, they're not a massive corporate with oodles of staff sitting around um, to put onto R and D for other projects. This, this has got to, this has got to be a way down the list, I would think. I agree. I think this is. I mean, we speculate, and AC always talks about his passions, tennis and golf. I think I've said to him to his face that I don't think these are good ideas uh tennis mm. or golf index mm. um, which which would be more boring tennis or golf index i don't know they <laughs> both sound pretty dreadful to me <laughs> i can uh, i can see you'd love those two i think nba index could actually work though 82 games a season you've got five players on each team but a 15-man squad and even the, the thing about nba is that even players on a on a bench can score quite highly because it's so kind of in and out in the way that players come on and off and i think that in some ways would be even more unpredictable than football uh just from a sporting standpoint because although you do have a lot of players who are very good i think in the nba you have more very elite players because you have like the way because of the way the market uh the, the salary caps work each team will have very good players on them but some teams will be way better than others so you could have a player play extremely well and still lose by 30 points in the nba but they put up the best statistics for that game so it'd be quite interesting it it might lend itself to actually reward individual performances more than as we see on football index sometimes we go for the man city players we go for the psg players we go for whoever is winning more than others when even if those players aren't as good as other players on other teams, if that well, makes sense. I think we know where your money's going then, don't we? <laughs> I am withdrawing everything <laughs> going to the NBA index. No, I, I genuinely, to, to actually answer it, I don't know. I think Football Index would have to be slightly careful about it. I think they'd have to... I, I don't know. They'd have to be some sort of safeguard because there would be some people who would do that. They would withdraw from football index and go into the nba index where they think there'd be a lot of money coming in but who would be brave enough to leave fi that has a lot of capital in it and a lot of liquidity to go into the nba index where there's no money right to be that first person is very scary i mean it could be a self-fulfilling prophecy but i think that fear of taking your money out then going into the nba index not that many people joining you so you don't actually make that much money would be a, a big risk i think money would slowly seep into something like that that's new or alternatively F- football index could maybe limit deposits at the beginning that could be, yeah, a, that could be a solution if they were to do something like this you could you could maybe only deposit x amount of money a, a month so they could then work out that even if every single football index trader took out x percent and put it into mba index or golf index tennis index whatever it may be then it can only be maybe two percent 
out of the market cap at a month or whatever. Something like that. Or it has to be a fresh deposit. If you've withdrawn from football index, then you can't put it into the NBA index or tennis index after a month or something. I think, you know, I, I wouldn't be too scared of that if you are fearful of that. I think, as I said, there's some very clever chaps, uh, far smarter than myself, and I've already come up with a couple of potential solutions. So they will figure out ones that are far better than that. Amen to that. um next matthew fi trader hypothetically if everything remains the same with the dividend structure and goals and assists still in place will your strategy change at all upon your return um yes i think it certainly will um as i say i think i i will um you know i've done a lot of testing um of different styles of trading to kind of see what what fitted for me uh over the last 18 months um and you know you need to keep changing that and keep keep adapting that as the market changes um so yeah i I think that's one of the things actually that i'm going to enjoy taking this time out to do is actually sort of reflect on that and think um you know what's happening i say hopefully we'll we'll know imminently more about about goals and assists um and i'm just going to take this time out to do a little bit of, of paper planning while i'm away uh and figure out how to come back bigger and better so yes it will but as to how that's that's a tricky one to say right now Mm, mm, that's interesting i think that's something that you a bridge that you need to cross when you get there right yeah absolutely uh last question pb man that's that's quite funny it's like people call people buzz men or and that's usually associated with media buzz to me because you're holding the big guys that generally regularly return media dividends but i never thought about being called like a pb buzzman, which is quite funny how would you feel if football index announced a dividend increase or share split whilst you're away would you reinvest immediately or remain away and risk missing out um well this yeah this is an interesting one and and, and it and it really it had occurred to me um do you know what i'm i i'm okay with it if, if it happens it happens i wouldn't be rushed um because as a general as a general trading principle i always try and fight my my feelings of FOMO, um, of missing out. Um, so, you know, what I've, as I say, I've kind of reached a nice place. I know when I want to come back, um, you know, I'm not imagining being away for long. I'm, I'm hoping I'll be, I'll be uh, back on the index in, in uh, January. And um, so if, if all of this happens in December, you know what, that's it. Because I always, that's yeah, nice, exactly. Right? And, 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 you know, and I do well, two things. First of all, I've already had a little taste of it. Because I will admit to one thing which did uh, annoy me a little bit was that one player who I had been holding for some time uh, was uh, Alessandro Florenzi of Roma, knowing that he was going to get changed to a defender. <laughs> what happened? Uh, you know, he was price has been going nowhere. I instant sold him, and I swear to God, 36 hours after I IS'd him, they changed him to a defender. <laughs> and I just sat and thought, oh my God, I can't believe that. So I've already had that, that missing out uh, feeling. Uh, literally in the first thirty-six hours of, of, of selling up, who was it? Who was it? Uh, was it um, Football Index One Hundred and Two or Profit Hunter who instant sold four hundred on Altovic the night before that thing came out and he yeah, went up like ninety-five p. That is that is that is literally like I've just lost the potential to lose four hundred pounds. But that that's the way of the index, right? Absolutely, you know, and it swings and roundabouts because also I also tweeted the other day saying it hurt to uh, instant sell uh, Hammers, and you know, and then three days after I instant sold him, he's got injured and he's gone way down even further. So you know, maybe that was you know swings and roundabouts, but uh, you know the uh, 
the thing is, you know, this is probably a nice point to end on is, as we always say, there are always opportunity on the on, on the index. And and if if I miss out on on a div increase or a share split, it's not like it's the only way I'm ever going to make money on the index. So, you know, I'll, I'll be back when I'm ready and we'll see where we're at at that point. You'll take your chances. Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. It's like half past midnight as we're recording. <laughs> thanks for staying up so late. That's all right. It's been good fun. Yeah, yeah, it really has. Um, where can people find out more about you? Uh, well, as I say, there may not be a lot of tweets in, in the in the short term, but uh, I am at Zen uh, FI Trading. Um, or as I say, if you want to see some of my more um, useful thoughts, check out the hashtag TradeZen. <laughs> uh, and you guys know where to find me at underline FI Guide. I keep saying we need to hunt the guy down that has at FI Guide and somehow make him give it to me not too forcefully but if we can annoy him enough maybe he'll do it uh if you guys are on your commute have a good day at work and uh thanks for listening and if you're on your way back from work uh, do rest up if you're not commuting if you're doing something weird like cleaning a toilet if you are just driving around in your car or if you're in the gym then have fun doing what you're doing thanks everyone for listening bye